Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. 
He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Hope in the waiting. What does it feel like to be left waiting? Generally, generally when we think of waiting, it comes with a negative sense to it. Waiting can place us in the unknown, increase our anxiety, and ultimately leave us lacking power and control. Some stages of life have some natural seasons of waiting. Expecting parents wait around nine months until the birth of their child. As young teens or adults, we may find ourselves waiting for the love of our lives to come along. Waiting to be old enough to drive a car even. Is anyone experiencing the waiting for a pre-planned holiday? Other periods of waiting are more short-lived and recurring, like standing in line at supermarkets, waiting for an elevator, standing in the waiting room at a doctor's surgery. Life inevitably requires times of waiting. And in turn, we don't very much enjoy the waiting experience. However, on this Good Friday, as we pause and as we reflect on the story of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice, we must be willing to hold off, to wait for what is to come. It is important for us not to press the fast forward button to the good in Good Friday. There were many who were waiting on that first Good Friday as well. The rebels, the passers-by and the chief priests mocked Jesus on the cross. They hurled insults at him. You who are going to destroy the temple and build it again in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. He saved others, they said, but he can't even save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. They were waiting to see what Jesus would do. 
They waited for proof in their disbelief. From noon until three in the afternoon, the sky was in darkness, waiting. The centurion was guarding Jesus on the cross, waiting for Jesus to breathe his last. Surely the darkness was something unlike anything he'd seen before. When the ground began to shake, I wonder what would have been going through the centurion's mind as he fulfilled his duty of guarding and waiting. What about the women? Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. They were waiting, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs as best that they could. No doubt as they watched from afar, they were grieving, witnessing this historic, horrific display of their Jesus suffering in human pain. But perhaps the greatest example we have of waiting in this Good Friday reflection is that of Jesus himself. Jesus had already handed himself over to death when he began his ministry. As he called his disciples to follow him, as he performed miracles and ministered to people, as he taught in the temple. But then he turned from acting in the waiting to simply just waiting. Waiting for others to carry out his fate. After his ministry of active involvement, he resigned himself to the actions of others as he waited. Again, this waiting, it wasn't a positive experience. In fact, it was the least bit enjoyable. It would have been torture. We even read that he asked God to take this cup from him if it were God's will. Then when he hung there on the cross, humiliated, in excruciating pain, on display for all to see, Jesus waited. As we sit in remembrance today on this Good Friday, may we hold on to the pain of waiting. Although we know what is to come, because in the waiting we are reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus, the one who chose to wait, broken and shamed, for the sake of you and me. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Sal Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. So we move into hope in the watching. Imagine being an onlooker in these scenes on the first Good Friday. Just imagine what these scenes would have looked like. First, the commotion of this man being horrifically nailed to a cross, with the title of King of the Jews placed above his head. Then imagine the skies falling dark. The skies went dark during the day. Then as the ground begins to shake like a violent earthquake, the curtain in the temple tore in two. The holy curtain that separated the holy priesthood from the people. With all these events happening, 
which part would we keep our focus on? I can imagine my eyes darting around, not knowing where to fix my eyes for any length of time. As a crowd of witnesses, both on that first Good Friday and even now in our current world, it is hard to determine how we are to keep our eyes open to what Jesus needs us to see. The women were the ones who truly saw Jesus. They journeyed with him, supported him, even with their own money, and now they gathered to wait with him as he died. They watched him, eyes upon him, despite everything else that was happening around them. Despite any thoughts of feelings of wanting to take action, in their waiting and in their watching, their eyes remained on him. Many watched Jesus, yet they did not see who he really was. The centurion watched and had his eyes opened. Jesus himself watched the face of his mother on earth and watched for his father in heaven. Are we watching without seeing? Sometimes we can witness God without truly seeing him. Sometimes we can see God in nature, but not actually take any notice of it. Sometimes we can attend church, sing songs, read scripture, but not truly see God working in and through us. Sometimes we don't open our eyes to allow us to truly see Jesus for who he really is and how he can transform our hearts and our lives. Some of us even may squint our eyes and turn our face away on Good Friday, wishing for it to pass away, ready for the celebration on Sunday. We must be ready and open in the watching to truly see Jesus and his journey to the cross so that we don't miss the truth and the power of the cross for our eternal reward. Without the sacrifice, there is no resurrection to celebrate in a few days' time. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Hope in the willing. Jesus was born from the womb of a woman, undergoing the incredibly humbling process of becoming human and growing into adulthood before he began his ministry and mission. He then demonstrated the ultimate love and humility in offering his life as our sacrifice. But God had been waiting even longer to deliver on the promise of restoration for the world. Our creator, Christ, and comforter Holy Spirit 
knew the day would come when the atonement would need to be made through the perfect Lamb of God. He gave up his life freely for us. We celebrate that we have a Christ who is willing to give his life in place for ours. Are we willing to live for the one who died to save us? This Good Friday, we acknowledge Jesus as our hope in the waiting time. We don't rush past the pain to get to the resurrection, but sit with the significance of his sacrifice. Only then can our waiting and watching turn to willing obedience to worship God as is fitting. Today we seek what God is saying as we wait, looking for the hope promised and knowing that Jesus is faithful to deliver us. Christ's sacrifice is permanent and perfect, and we can be confident in God's sufficiency. So where does hope need to be revealed in your life as you wait today? Today we have an opportunity to be willing at the feet of Jesus. As we have reflected on the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, as we have waited, as we have watched, we recognize that Jesus has opened the way for us to reconcile with him. The precious blood of Christ leaves us forgiven, washed clean, pure like the whitest of snow. Sin and shame retreats with the power of this sacrifice and here we receive his covenant and choose to make our own. We invite you, if you are open to making a new covenant, at the foot of the cross today, to come forward and be washed as a public declaration of your recommitment to Christ today. Father God, we have been washed clean at the foot of the cross this morning. We accept it, knowing that we didn't want you to go through all of that for nothing. So Lord, we take your sacrifice this morning and we commit to living for you white as snow, brand new, washed clean. So Father God, we give our lives to you this morning and we thank you for your precious son who gave his life for the sake of us so that we can be free and so that we can continue all our days to praise your glorious name. Amen. <laughs>